With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, what up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so here's the stuff we can take away from, from yesterday, right? Is Arizona seemed to butcher their last possession, so they had a far harder field goal than they should have. It allowed the Eagles to remain undefeated. Matt Rule got fired. Their offense stinks. Their quarterback play stinks. Baker Mayfield's injured, but now all bets are off. They're going to probably sell off a bunch of pieces. The Patriots dominate the Lions. Nobody seems to care. I think the Patriots aren't terrible. Not terrible. The Steelers are terrible. And the Bills uh, took out years of frustrations in the AFC on them. That was a a laugher of a game. We got Monday Night Football tonight, which seems interesting. My pick, which will be on the pod, I think will interest you as well. Um, Rams laid an absolute egg yesterday at home to the Dallas Cowboys. They could not control Micah Parsons. That guy is just an absolute freak. He wrecks your, uh, he, he wrecks your offense, and that allowed the Cowboys to have so many more opportunities because the Rams' offense is kind of yikes. Oh, what else? Geno Smith, like in the pitch meeting, if you said, "Hey, five weeks in the season, Geno Smith's going to have the best offense in the league with the Seattle Seahawks," you would have been laughed out of that meeting. And yet, that is in fact the case. Crazy, right? Crazy. And then there's Atlanta's near comeback against Tampa, which uh, was stopped for really for one reason, a terrible roughing the passer call when Tom Brady was tackled 
and they rolled him and put him in. He didn't even get to the ground, right? Didn't even get to the ground. So there's a bunch of different levels to it, but let's start. These two things can be true. It's a bad call. Does anybody think it's not a bad call? Anybody? Okay. It's a bad call. But we could have foreseen, foreseen, foreshadowed, foreseen, foresaw. What do you think, Jace, too? For, could have foresaw it, foreseen it? Foresaw. I think foreseen. Yeah, we'll go with foreseen. Um, could have foreseen this happening because it's Thomas Patrick Edward Brady. Right? Not the first time. Won't be the last time. Uh, Tom Brady gets calls. Yes, he does. But he should be treated just like any other quarterback. Good luck with that one. Quarterback should be treated just like any other position player. Good luck with that one. Like, look, you're just more. It's not like the league mandates that you have to protect Tom Brady. Just any idiot can say you want to try and protect quarterbacks, especially a guy like Tom Brady. And even, you know, in that case, could you have picked up the flag and gone like, hey, our bad, it wasn't that bad. But you're sitting there and you're staring at the play and you see him get kind of sort of thrown down to the ground. You just need jerkers to throw a flag. I I actually get it. Jordan used to get calls all the time. They're like, man, I don't know about that one. LeBron gets calls all the time. I don't know about that one. It shouldn't surprise you that Tom Brady gets calls, especially ones where they're just trying to make sure he's safe. And if your quarterback doesn't get that call, you're like, man, my quarterback does. Do you know who your, what your quarterback is not? He is not a 10-time Super Bowl champion, 10 Super Bowl appearances, 7-time Super Bowl champion winner. Well, that's not fair. Guess what else? Life isn't fair. Here's Tom Brady being asked about it. Have you been lobbying or asking for some late hits there? I don't, I don't throw the flags. I don't throw the flags. Tells you all you need to tell. Hey, I'm not, I didn't say it was a good call, but I'm not giving the yardage back. I'm not giving the football back or the win back. I just, I, I, do I think it's a bad call? Yes. There were bad calls throughout the weekend. Uh, some, there was even a, a targeting on a block, which was like a regular, like an offensive lineman blocking a linebacker. It's like a weird one. There have been other bad calls, plenty of them. This one I, stopped a comeback. I'm not going to say, well, you shouldn't have gotten so far down to Tampa. Like, no, it's a bad call. There are other bad calls that lengthen games, that stop comebacks, that made. I don't think this is some league mandate to keep Tom Brady healthy. I think anyone would realize that quarterbacks get the benefit of the doubt, and Tom Brady especially gets the benefit of the doubt. I'm not, I'm not really sure what the argument is. Yes, Ramos. I believe in watching the replay. I saw the, all the refs on the ump or whatever get all together and look around and talk about it. I think if you get all the refs that are there that saw the play get together, you're telling me that not one of those refs, it's like being in a jury room. It's got to be one ref to be like, hmm, I don't think that was a, <laughs> that was a ref in the passer, right? I mean, one of them has to speak up and say, yeah, that uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. That That wasn't it. But yet. They all seem to agree when I, they all just kind of looked to them and then he threw the flag. Jerome Boger said the defender grabbed the quarterback while he was still in the pocket, unnecessarily threw him to the ground. That's what I was making the decision based upon. He threw him to the ground. I felt like that's just tackling him, right? It's tackling him. But a lot of this is an overreaction. Chris Olave, did you see him hit his head? You know, uh, to, to two of those guys hitting their head. Like, I, I don't know what you're, what are you supposed to do? You 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 can't be forceful in bringing a guy down. I don't really understand that one. He did kind of hit his head. He was sung around. I understand that. I completely understand them protecting Brady and protecting quarterbacks. And we're all getting like, look, this is part of the deal. Not only is is Tua's probably ready to come back this week. I ain't let him come back this week. No chance. Because everybody, by the way, at home is a better doctor than the actual doctors. That that's one of the things that took place this weekend was the was the the doctors who approved him. They're like he didn't show any signs of concussion the first time. The NFLPA, by the way, was the one that fired the doctor, not the NFL, not anybody else, and they did so because they wanted to blame somebody. Yes, Dan Byer. What was interesting in the pool report uh, from Greg Amon of the Athletic and speaking with Jerome Boger was 
Craig almost was trying to give him an out in saying, was this in response, you know, to the Tua sort of thing? And then Boger's like, no, not necessarily. Like, he was almost like being like, you know, this is a bad penalty and a sort of look, and I think that people would have been like, oh, okay, I understand after what Tua did, but <laughs> they, he didn't even take – you know, didn't even take the bait or, you know, didn't even go along with it. No, no. He offered him an out and he didn't want to take take the out. I just, I thought it was a regular sack. And yeah. I think I think Brady kind of freaked out, but I don't know if he was freaking out about the blocking as much as being thrown down. Yeah. Although nobody likes to be thrown down. So what do you think, Jace? Jace, dude, do you think it was a penalty? I mean, no. everybody, everybody thought it was a bad call. Right? Yeah, I didn't think it was a penalty. And I, I juxtaposed against what happened to Tua, to where... Tua was, as you said many times last week, uh, ragdolled. It was uncomfortable to watch how badly he was thrown to the ground. But even after that play, members of his own team said it was clean. In other words, it wasn't. It didn't need to be penalized. And then you look at the hit yesterday on Brady, and it's just it's the difference is so stark. It was shocking, and you feel bad for the Falcons and the defensive players who don't really know right now what's going on. These uh, concussion protocols and everything are changing by the week. How about instructing the defensive players like what's, what they can and cannot do week to week? Because that's what I feel bad about is the, the Falcons defensive players. Yeah, I don't know how you sack quarterback if that's a, a – I guess I think you just got to roll. You just got to grab him and you just got to roll and you just can't throw him down, I guess. I don't know. Yes, Ramos. Didn't it happen a couple like a couple of years ago, right, when uh, the first initial rule was when guys would fall on top of the quarterback? That yep. was being called a lot, that, remember? So the first, first... One, the first one was you can't hit him at the knee or below. That was the Brady rule. Because other quarterbacks have been hit and rolled up on their knee. Carson Palmer happened to Big Ben one one time against the Chargers. Happened to, that, but, and they, when Brady got hurt, they changed it to where you can't hit a guy knee or below. So Brady has been part of the rules emphasis. And then I'm going to go with maybe it was the year before, I think, the pandemic year. So I'm going to say like three years ago, four seasons ago, that when you landed on top of him, it became a penalty. And that was stemming from the Anthony Barr sack of Aaron Rodgers that hurt Rodgers' Broke his shoulders. Broke collarbone. Yeah, his oh, yeah. shoulder in Minnesota. So that was, I believe that's where it came. Yeah, that's, you know, a, that's that big brother crap. If Grady Jarrett doesn't do that move, Tom Brady could escape and keep the play alive. And that's – it's a third down. Now, he's probably not going to throw it away because that would – you stop the clock. Um, but I think that, you know, and a lot of times Brady is turtled, you know, and he's like, all right, you know, I'm not going to hurt myself. But I don't know if he does in that situation and maybe keeps the play alive. So the move by Jarrett to do that – if Brady was to elude it, um, yeah, it was warranted in trying to bring him down. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, I even, like, I know a lot of the players were saying that the move on Tua was a football move, but you also know when you got a guy on your hip and he's about to go, right? Like, you know, like, you can toss him. And I don't think that Grady Jarrett did that like I think the two a play I think okay maybe that was maybe maybe you know as the defender but I don't think I, that- I here let me let me let me let me help and you tell me what what you what you think okay let's start with the who is the player who threw down Tua who is the I forget it was yeah. it, he has Samoan last name yeah um like here's what you got to remember Tua's Tua's deal that was Thursday night right yep week four yeah so you're playing on Thursday night, you're, you, you know it's a big game. You break through, you get a shot at Tua, you grab him, you just you, I got you like it's it's got to be very hard considering you play a game which is speed, and explosiveness, and force. You get your hands on the quarterback, and you're like, wait a second, I gotta hold up a little bit, right? And part of it is, and there's a couple people who came at me on Twitter like, what do you mean he's got to learn to fall? Like, dude, you got to learn to fall. Right, you got that's part of the part of the thing playing quarterback is you're going to get thrown down. You got to have your wits about you to learn to protect yourself a little bit. I mean, we all make fun of uh, Brett Favre for turtling when he saw Michael Strahan for Strahan's all-time sack thing. But part of it is like those guys. Some of those guys sometimes you like you just got to give yourself up because it's going to end badly. 
Um, so I would give, I give defenders a little bit like, it's really hard to have that sort of aggression, that sort of power, that sort of explosiveness. Then you finally get to the quarterback, you're like, okay, got to let up here, but not let go of my grip and bring him down, but not hurt him. I, I So I, part of it is Tua is a, not that big a dude, and he just gets thrown around. Part of it is Brady is a much bigger dude. You know, that Brady goes down, but he's kind of long and just kind of lays down on you. And that was the first time I thought I'd seen him kind of get crumpled up a little bit and get his head thrown on the turf. It's also different, your head going off the turf of grass as opposed to that that field turf stuff. Yeah. So, which is, Olave was indoors, so it was definitely field turf. That thing, that was was a scary one. That was a scary one. Um, All right, so we all conclude... Um, we all conclude that it was a, it was a bad, it was a, it was a bad call, but we all conclude that Brady is going to get some bad calls and there's going to be bad calls. And refs are also, and like they tried to give him the out. We're also all kind of acting and overreacting a little bit to the Tua stuff as well as others. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. John Middlecoff joins us. Uh, three and Out is the podcast. And, John, there's a lot, lot of other stuff to get to. I want to get to Matt Rule, get to some of these other gameplay stuff. Um, I, I want to start with, with uh, the Chargers. And we discussed on how Brandon Staley hadn't really gone for it nearly as much this year. But I'm not as down on the idea of going for it yesterday as Keenan Allen was on Twitter or others have been just because it's like, look, one yard, you win the game is over. I didn't like the play call. I don't understand why you've been running the football well all game and there's not at least play action there. You also has a quarterback that you have a quarterback that's capable of getting the first down on his own. Granted, he's been banged up, but I don't mind going for it because one play wins you the game. Where are you on it? Yeah, I mean, I just everything the guy does, I guess I naturally question. Um, you know, if you rely on that quarterback the majority of the time, I- I'm with you. You know, you, he's the best asset they have on the team. Their their defense was kind of getting shredded at different times. Uh, I-, I just, you know, in that spot, I guess you punt them, you make them go, because you're only up two, so they still got to kick a field goal right to beat you. They don't have to go 90 yards, but they still have to go 50, 60 yards to put themselves in the position. Uh, I, I would have punted. Uh, I just hate some of these guys. There's no rhyme or reason to anything they do. Like last year, he was, I, I thought, was reckless. This year, he's definitely been more conservative. And then in that spot, you know, he goes for it. Um, I, I, I tend to, I guess, lean with Keenan Allen on that one. Uh, because, because ultimately, Doug, because they don't complete it. And I know guys like Brandon Staley love to talk about the process. But, like, you don't get to talk about the process when your results you know, Saban can hammer that. that. That's why, you know, the process, the process, the process, they should have lost the game. You know, that, that to me, ultimately, they, they got, they had to be the luckiest team of the day yesterday, right? I mean, the guy misses a, I don't want to say it's a chip shot field goal, but he had hit a, what, a 55-yarder earlier in this season. Um, you know, the, the Chargers, now I don't know if he would have got fired if he would have made the field goal, but it would have been an absolutely devastating loss. Um, okay, Our, what do you think of the Chargers now? They've, they've they've won two in a row after that embarrassing loss to the Jacksonville. Uh, I, I just think their defense doesn't look very good again. That, that to me, is the problem. I mean, their quarterback is a stud. Eckler's busting big runs. But their offense has been good. I mean, I thought it was good yesterday, and obviously the Browns have a lot of good players. Uh, you just you get nervous when you can't stop anybody. And I, I don't even – who do they play this week – it's just in that division. Denver. You know, Denver on Monday. Denver. Oh, yeah. It's a, I mean, that's that's a big Monday night game. And, you know, Denver's coming off a little bit like, you know, that kind of mini bye week. Now, Denver might just be bad. But the one thing, offensively, obviously they are. But defensively, I think they're pretty good. Uh, that's that's a huge game. Because anytime you lose to Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, right, when the season started and we viewed them as like a 10-11 win team, you're like, that's going to be a really hard team. Now, if you lose to Denver, we just think you stink. Yes. So it's it's a big week for the Chargers for sure. Do you, does do, uh, is, it, is the explanation for Russell Wilson's uh, inability to throw the ball deep explained with the injection he got over the weekend? No, I mean, I think that's your classic, you know, star athlete likes getting that out there. The ball, to me, looks normal in the air. Right, it, that beautiful trajectory. To me, his arm strength doesn't look any different than it has. One thing looks dramatically different is he's the last three years he's been used to throwing it to DK Metcalf, who still, when I watch him on Seattle, looks awesome. Why? Because he's a freak. And Tyler Lockett, who Tyler and Russell had an incredible connection, and the connection with the crew of guys that he's playing with right now is just off. It's just not on the same page. Now, maybe the injection, maybe the confidence, maybe him and Hackett get on the same page. The one thing, when you play in these primetime games, as they did on Thursday, as they did a couple weeks ago on Sunday, and as they're doing on Monday night, we all have a take because 25-plus million people are going to watch them. And the thing is, Russell, you know, like tonight, the Raiders are playing. For the, I say this all the time about Carr. 
he's a solid player. But when you play for the Raiders, for the most part over the last decade, they don't play in that many primetime games. We have seen Russell over and over and over for a decade. At minimum, even if you didn't want, like live locally or watch any Seattle games beside the primetime games, you're watching Russell five to six times a year. So we know what he looks like, and it's just you don't need to be you know, Pete Carroll to know he, he just he does not look the same right now. Um, I was led to believe the Packers are a team that they want to run the football, and yet they get down deep in the red zone, have two opportunities, and they pretend like their running backs didn't exist. Who do we blame on the Packers' inability to uh, to run the football in important situations? I, I don't totally hate it in that situation, just because I mean back to back MVP. He gets two balls batted. He, he drove them right down the field just with some quick, some quick hitters. You know, if you're going to go down in, in that spot, to go down with Rodgers. Now, once they go. I think Mark Sanchez was on the call. He's like, well, obviously he's probably going to go to old reliable here in the slot, Randall Cobb. And then you realize Randall Cobb, he's playing with young, you know, Lazard and the kid from Reno. So it's not exactly what it's been in some of the years when it's Jordy Jennings, Devante, some of and Randall when he was young. So it, it is a little different animal in terms of the guys he's throwing to, but you know, how, often throughout his career in back-to-back spots in a must-have is he going to get two balls batted that to me was pretty uh in a weird way to say it's like an outlier situation now it doesn't guarantee that he would have completed the balls uh but i'm pretty sure on the third down he was open it just got it just got hit i i I think what's crazier doug is i mean i kind of roll two out of bed at about 7 15 just pick up my phone and go is this worth turning on it's 17 to 3 you know, for us on the West Coast already, you know, probably early in the second quarter. And I just kind of doze back because I just think in my head, oh, the Packers are going to win this thing, you know, 30 to 10, just cruise to a victory. And then I look back on my phone and the Giants are driving that ultimately made it a tight game. And I'm like, I got to turn this thing on. So I, I think it's pretty nuts that it's one thing to lose, right? You just have a dud. It's another thing to lose when you're in full control against a team that you are just better than. Uh, and I know ultimately the Giants won the game, but I think it's fair to say the Packers are the better team, but maybe they're just not the better coach team. And that's, you know, LaFleur, he's taking some L's this year. It's getting a little weird. It is It is getting a little weird. All right, Carolina makes the change. Um, never really figured out the quarterback or, or the offense. Um, but it's also Carolina, and they'll be without – I mean, like these quarterbacks aren't going to be there next year. So – who do you hire? Like, how do you even go about this thing? It's it's kind of a weird, weird deal because it's not a glamour organization and you don't have a quarterback. And at this point, you're not going to have a number one overall pick to get a quarterback. Uh, give me your thoughts on the Carolina situation now that Matt rules out. Yeah, I think they're kind of in a weird spot. You know, I mean, I, I don't blame him for hiring him. He took a big swing and it obviously backfired. But the, the one problem is going to be, like you said, their quarterback position is a disaster, and they have no – if they don't get the number one overall pick, and let's face it, just because you get the number one overall pick doesn't mean it's going to solve, it's going to solve the issues. But I don't know. I mean, I just watched some of David Tepper's press conference, and he was asked. He didn't look like he really had the answers because how do you? I mean, he took a $62 million swing on a guy, and he didn't make it to year four. Now, ultimately, money to a guy like that. It's not, I see all these people on Twitter, like 40 million. All these numbers are line items to these guys. It has nothing to do with that. It's more that he, yesterday watching the Niner game, when opponents had scored 17 points, opponents had scored 17 points in his Carolina career, they won one game. They lost 26. I mean, we're not talking 28 points, we're talking 17. So the quarterback from Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield, has just, I mean, ultimately his undoing. Now, they do have good players on the team, and obviously there are a lot of teams, I think, kind of circling the wagons, hopefully to get a DJ Moore. I saw Christian McCaffrey, you know, uh, rumored to the Bills, which I, I think at this point in time they'd probably trade McCaffrey. But he also was asked about his GM. And Scott Fitterer, who had come over for Seattle, he didn't really give him, like, for sure he's going to be the GM with this next coach. So, they might just blow this whole thing up and basically start where they did three years ago. You know, w- one thing it shows you is David Tepper was an incredible business mind. He's like an all-time great stock trader. Yep. 
But owning a team really doesn't parallel anything these guys do in real estate, in stocks, in, in whatever, in, in you know, healthcare, whatever you make your money in. It's a completely separate industry, and it does not, you know, guarantee you any success. No, not not in any way. It's it's totally. I, I just different. don't know what you know. He has he has more money than God, but yeah. there's no guarantee he's going to win more than five games the next five years, right? <laughs> no, I mean, like, look, I I don't think the the outhouse to the penthouse is that stiff a climb. They got to figure out quarterback. You got to figure out quarterback, and my guess would be they'll probably clean house with the GM because the GM picked all all of those quarterbacks. Like all those quarterbacks they had were not on the roster before they got there. Great, I, and the I, the other thing he knows. Is I'm sure that they had talks this offseason like, what do we want to do? We want Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo just kind of lift them up. And I would imagine maybe there's a chance the GM goes, yeah, we don't really want him. I'd rather have Baker Mayfield for the price. And then you get beat like that. And well, Garoppolo also wasn't healthy, right? The, the, the two that, that, that it's really interesting, like between Garoppolo and to a lesser extent, than, and then to a greater extent, uh, Deshaun uh, Watson. Like they upset the apple cart for like that's why Matt Ryan wanted out. We know about the Miami thing, right? There's a bunch of different ones. Like let's let, let's move to this. The the Patriots blow out the Lions, and we we can talk about the Lions issues as well. But I point out to you that even early in the season, the Patriots' biggest issue is turnovers, right? Turnovers. Uh, am I crazy or are they are they improving? Uh. I'm with you on the Mac did not play early. Their passing game, if they can avoid the passing game, their defense is really good and they can run the ball. So, And they were able to do that last year. Their defense was solid and they can run the ball. And if you can just play like that and ugly up the game, now most teams aren't as inept as the Lions, mm-hmm. but yeah, they are, they're a pretty competitive team right now. But I would say the last two weeks, I mean, I thought that Packer game was pretty impressive because I thought the Packers were like a 12-win team. And yeah. now I go, well, maybe they're not as good. But – Listen, the NFL is not college, so even if you're playing a, a a bad team, you don't just guarantee. You might win by five, and that's a good win, right? You can win twenty to fifteen. You're you're fired up because winning's the only thing that matters. You beat someone twenty nine to nothing, <laughs> you know that's that's a pretty dominant. And, and they just they just housed them. I saw Dan Campbell say it was rock bottom. So it's yeah. I mean, I I think any time that you can control the clock and not turn the ball over. Now the question's going to be. Depending on you know how long Max out, and it's impossible to know with Belichick. Let's just assume another three or four games. Can you just not turn the ball over with a you know a third string quarterback? And then when Mac ever does come back, can he play football where he's not throwing the ball to the other team? Because that is eventually, if you're just a play defense run the ball team, you do find yourself down, right? Even if it's seventeen to ten, and you are forced to throw it sometimes, especially on third and long. So if they can just avoid that, but it's it's almost unavoidable. So to me, can they overcome that? I would still be a little hesitant, but now Miami's got major quarterback issues, right? I mean, they got concussions galore. They're on an undrafted free agent, and the Jets. Did you see the list of like Solace three and two? And it's listen, they would sign up for three and two every year, but the quarterbacks they're beaten, you know, aren't exactly uh, Montana, Montana and Marino here. Um, why a Cliff was bad at the end of the game? So was Kyler. That was it's surprising, right? Like, so, like some co- some teams, some coaches being bad at the end of a game, you might understand. Cliff was a quarterback in the NFL. He's coached a long time, right? Maybe not in the NFL. He's coaching college. Like to be that ill prepared in two minute, and Kyler to look that loss in two minute. That was not. I I mean, I I understand they missed a field goal, and Amendola was pushing it right in warm ups and pushed it right, but not a strong look from Arizona in that sense. The, the only thing I would say is that. On the third down play, when or I guess the second down play when you slide, like I, I am pro Lamar, Kyler, these guys running, you can't take the hits. So he slides like it's easy to go. He should have got a little greedier, but I understand it. And then there was a Philly writer that wrote on the big screen or like on where the quarterback and the players would look just in the stadium. It said fourth down, not third down when he spiked it. But Kyler said that they're screaming spike it in his ear. Of course, like he's not a big blame taker. So it's hard to quite know what's going on. I just think it's kind of par for the course because they start 10, 14, 21 points down every single game. I mean, to me, that the end of the game, they just kind of uh, hope Kyler can make some plays with his legs. And they've won a couple games with him doing that. And they've now they've lost some games with him doing that. But like, it just kind of turns into backyard ball. 
my bigger issue would be like, what the hell's going on early in these games? Correct. How do you? It's one thing on you, if this game was in Philly, it's like okay, tough environment. They're coming to you. <laughs> this is a team coming east or coming west from the east coast, and they came out just throwing haymakers. Yep. All of a sudden, you look, you're they're up fourteen nothing. How do they start? How, how can they score zero points over and over and over early on in these games? And that's to me, they're just they're just a bad team. I, I, I think that's really the end of the end of the story with them. Kind of like the Raiders tonight, do you? Yeah, I, I just wonder, in a weird way, is this a trap game for the Chiefs? Like, think about it. Last week, you know, Andy and Mahomes kind of owed Todd Bowles and Brady from the Super Bowl, and they clearly approached it like it was a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they, they took it to them. And then next week feels like another Super Bowl matchup, even though obviously it wouldn't be in the Super Bowl. It would be in, like, the AFC Championship, them and the Bills. And this game, I'm not saying that they will overlook it because it's a division rival, but – you know, does it have the same juice with Gruden fired? It does feel a little different. I, I'm with you. I, it wouldn't shock me if the, this is a throw the kitchen sink game for the Raiders because at the end of the day, they're still, you know, behind the eight ball when you start 0 3. So this is, you know, this is borderline must win for the, I mean, they've got to win games. Right? You can't fall too far under 500 and expect to compete for the playoffs. Middlecoff, great stuff. Three and outs, the podcast. Uh, you can obviously, I'm sure you'll have one up and running, up and humming tomorrow, reacting to Monday Night Football. Thanks so much for joining us. See you, Doug. That's John Middlecoff. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the Tyrac.com studios, Panthers owner has spoken. We'll hear what he has to say. Upcoming next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Any first responder will tell you, never try and beat a train. After braking, you can take a mile for a train to come to a complete stop. So when you come to rail crossing, stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. Broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Let's get to Dan Beyer. Get the press. The press. Doug, we have heard from Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper on the reason that Matt Rule was fired and uh, Rule done after 11 wins in his two-plus seasons. This was Tepper at a news news conference within the last hour. How much did what happened yesterday matter to you in terms of your timing, the fire Matt Rule chance, the fact that there were so many 49ers fans here and the 22-point loss? Um, listen, as I said, there's numerous reasons uh, why you, you know, make a decision. Um, there might have been a little bit of loss of intensity on the field yesterday. I would say that's uh, probably evident versus the first four games. Um, you know, uh, listen, I have great respect for the fans, and I do hear the fans. But ultimately, those that can't be a reason why you make a change like this. But again, there's numerous reasons why you make a change like this. It's over, Johnny. Yeah, I don't think it helps, but I mean, look, they were stuck. I, I'm not really sure why you would make that change unless it felt like the the, the team had quit on him. Mm. I, I think that's what he was talking about. Yeah, that's talking what it about. sounds like. That's what it sounded yeah. like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they quit on him. They quit on him. And I also think it's why coaches won't get a six-year contract anymore. Why would you give us a six-year contract? Makes no sense. <laughs> Yes. You know? Six. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Or a seven-year one as well. He had a seven-year seven contract? Yeah, seven years, six seven. Two million. My bad. Good yeah, catch. still. Um, but uh, Now, does he have offset? Still. Do we know if he has offset? Yes, yes. So he could just chill and yeah. not work and not do anything and get $40 million? Yeah. Yep. But if he works, there's offset there, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, so he could be he could be it's a, a discount, though, but he could be a he could be a discount though to some of these people. Like, look, man, you don't have to pay me much anything because I get offset. I'm still getting paid from Carolina, but you can use that for nil and for my staff. That's mm-hmm. right. What happens? Yeah. Oh, DP agrees as well. So, but yeah. Skip Bayless, he agreed too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Oh, there you go. By the way, my favorite Migos band member is Offset. <laughs> can you a, name? Can you name? Um, the Migos members? Yeah, Quavo. Yeah, Offset. Quavo. Offset. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? The brings us on. What? Yep. <laughs> Who? Yes. <laughs> oh, takeoff, dude. Oh, takeoff. <laughs> that's right. Oh no! Um, at the end of the presser, Tepper apparently didn't like a local columnist. Um. <laughs> You know, like you wanted to say something to someone for a while, and then it just like you're like waiting for your moment. It's almost like George with the jerk store, huh. um, yeah. you know. And then he blew it, and then. But anyway, this was uh, David Tepper at the end of the presser today. He's eleven. Do you want me to read? You want, I could actually, you know, I, I shouldn't say that, but I actually read your columns, and I can go back to your columns and regurgitate them. So you can read your own columns, okay? For that answer, thank you. Ooh. Right. I don't know what he was talking about, but I'm as mad as hell. 
you know, here's the deal. These dudes are owners, and we, David Tepper, uh, from the comes from the financial sector, right, was a minority owner with the Steelers. And you know how guys are. Like, man, when I get my own team, it's on. Going to get a good coach, going to build the culture, right? Take some of the Steelers stuff, only be better. And now, two and a half years in, you're bad. And a bunch of and no one likes being questioned. Um, and columnists, I'm sure, question him. But he's the guy apparently who reads the newspaper. Like, man, we don't have very many subscribers. <laughs> yes, but David Tepper writes, reads everything I write. Wow! You guys just made that guy's year. The guy's like, really? Did you like the one in in uh, July? Did this one in July on like uh, tubing? Right, it was great. I went tubing. So I want to branch off to something, and you were talking about John Middlecoff, but I think this is an interesting branch from this Carolina Panthers tree. Okay, They were interested in Deshaun Watson yes. quite a bit. Yes. Um, guaranteed money was maybe a, a deal, a, a sticking point on why Watson wouldn't go there, but they were definitely in. Yes. You and Middlecoff were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. The Panthers GM, Scott Fitterer, came from Seattle. Yeah. And I had said on this show multiple times that I thought the Panthers would be in Russell. play for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Now, if I do my Brian Windhorse, why do you think the Panthers wouldn't acquire Russell Wilson? Maybe because those closest to him knew that his game was trending downward. Fair. And that's why the Panthers chose to acquire Baker Mayfield. There you go. Yes. Very nice. That was a nice windy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very windy. much. I wish we could make it into a meme. But it, <laughs> it would it does make a little sense if you connect those pieces. No question. Like, yeah. No question. We've said this, you know, I said this before about um who was the guy Russell Wilson initially built up? Matt uh, Flynn, right? Remember Joe Philbin was his offensive coordinator in Green Bay. Joe Philbin, after Matt Flynn's six touchdown game, goes to Miami, gets the job. Doesn't sign Matt Flynn. Why? Because he knew Matt Flynn's not any good. It's a backup, which is what happened in Seattle. Other news, Doug. Uh, speaking of Deshaun Watson, he's back at the Browns facility today. Can take part in team meetings. Uh, cannot practice with the team yet. And, of course, can't play until December 4th against the Texans. No massages. Oh. No, no team massages. None of those. No, no. We're good. Yes. I'm yes. just going to stretch. I'm good on my own. I'm good on my own. You know, we got a sign-up list for the massages. And, like Everybody's looking. I'm like, no, I'm good. I just stretch. I used a Theragun. Ther- Theragun. You know, yeah. I, I would have hate to see what Micah Parsons would have done to Matthew Stafford and the Rams if he was actually healthy. Head coach Mike McCarthy said today that the uh, groin injury that Parsons is dealing with uh, is getting better. Uh, still seemed hampered by it yesterday while um, completely dominating the yeah, game. Getting with two a groin sacks, injury. But, uh, but getting better is the update on Micah Parsons' groin. The, the great sentence I got from one of the Chargers coaches was, he ruined practice. That's what they said. They're like, I was like, Micah Parsons, like, he ruined practice. He's too good. He ruined practice. It's very, very good. Uh, Alabama head coach Nick Saban says they'll hopefully get Bryce Young back for their showdown at number six Tennessee on Saturday. They were not very good offensively throwing the football without him, but they found a way to survive. And uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but Texas A&M, what were they doing at the end of the game? You talk about bad play calling. Yikes. And, and, and I'll admit this, you know, like when you're – 14 years old, you can name every quarterback, every head coach, sure. every manager. Yeah. Um, Rob Thompson got the full-time job with the Phillies. Took over on an interim basis uh, from Joe Girardi, who got canned. He gets a two-year deal. Um, baseball managers is Never one of those of things that we, we got to do. Yes. We got to do a game sometime where we go like baseball manager or mechanic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, I don't know, uh, Charlie. I got a guy online about some white walls. Uh, that's... Is the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Can we name all the playoff baseball managers? No, that's part of the problem. I know. Rob Thompson's one of them. Uh, oh, he is? Yeah. Phillies are in the playoffs? Yeah. I had no idea. I'm kidding, of course. What time do the Mets play? Um, that one, I'm just busting chops. All right. You can check out in the bonus pod. I'll give you my honest thoughts on the Tom Brady non- a penalty, non penalty. That's next. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. 
And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.